I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to the Self Love Club, the podcast chatting about stuff that matters. I'm your host, podcaster Belle Crawford. Thank you so much for joining me. On the show, my friend Anna is back. She's also the co-host of our Home of Pop Culture Gloss. We actually, side note, have a two-part series on Mary-Kate and Ashley Olsen, a deep dive we have done. If you want to go and subscribe, make sure you listen to this, listen to our other episodes and support our new baby podcast. On the show, we've got recommendations for you. We're also continuing to answer advice from our DMs. And we're discussing body image. If this is something you struggle with, I mean, we all do at times, right? We've got tips and ways we, as two girls with history of eating disorders, have shifted our mindset to be more positive and kinder to ourselves. And we want to share that with you as well. Let's bring in Anna. Hello, Anna. Thank you so much for joining us again. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. Running (laughs) constantly running late but I'm here how are you all good we are set for a fun record I'm good thank you now today on the show we're going to get to another DM asking for some advice which if you haven't listened to our last episode people found that really helpful so keep those coming through first though we are going to talk about uh, some recommendations do you have anything that you've listened to read watched used lately that you would like to recommend Mm-hmm, I do. Um, I have got a podcast in mind um, that I just finished. I kind of consumed it in a day. It was an Australian one. It's what I'm called Finding Matty or Finding Matt. It's about a 20-year-old gay man, Matt Levison, who went missing. Um, and basically his appearance, their tenacity for ten over 10 years, they just would not give up finding him. And basically, I don't want to give it away, but they had to make a literal deal with the devil, just the total injustice of it. But anyway, if it sounds interesting, you should listen to I think it's like eight, eight episodes. Hmm. Sounds good. Yeah. Definitely. I always love your recommendations of podcasts. I'll add that to my list. You were saying as well, I don't know if you wanted to share it. Oh, you yeah. had a, um, you found an Instagram account, which I thought some mums or people might find really helpful. So yeah, tell us about that. Oh yeah. I found it on the weekend actually when I was scrolling. It was a TikTok video, but then I clicked on her page and she's actually, um, I think she lives in Canada. Her name's Renee Rena. She's got a PhD in psychology. So she's, it's not just like a, a mum making passive aggressive videos. Um, and she basically just, I just never felt more seen when, than when I was watching her videos and she's got a podcast called the mom room podcast, which I haven't listened to yet, but I would like to. And she talks quite a lot about the default parent, which I, I really related to. If you want to feel seen, maybe you don't always love being a stay at home mom or dad. And she really talks about the fact that being a stay at home parent, it's a job mm. like, and you don't always have to love your job. And I think today there's so much pressure that if you are a stay at home parent, that is a privilege and yes, it is, but you've got to 
be so grateful all the time and you can't share mm. that it's hard. And that's something that I personally struggle a lot with is the feelings of not enjoying it sometimes. Mm. So um, to find another person saying that they also don't enjoy it is also quite freeing. Yeah, it's so good when you find an account like that. I'm so pleased you found it where you feel seen and you feel, because, you know, a lot of the parent stuff, people don't really talk about that. It's like, you know, more about the children or, you know, certain things. And there's so many great parenting platforms out there now. But to hear something like that, it's so honest and yeah. it makes you feel validated because, of course, you're allowed to feel that way. I think being a parent full-time at home is such an incredible job. It is a job and it's, and you also are sacrificing your maybe desires for a career or being in the workforce as well. You're yeah. putting that on hold for other people. So no, like you're allowed to not love it all the time because any job, none of us love it all the time. No, but I, I don't really understand why it is so taboo to say I, I don't like it or I don't like yeah. it all the time or I don't know where it comes from, if it's from, whether it's, mainly from men or other women I think a lot of the time it's from other women yeah like it's a big competition isn't it it's yeah. sort of like oh well you're lucky to be at home with them I have to work and I mean it's just again we talked about it on another episode we did recently it's like if we could just all accept each other and not judge and compete yeah and just yeah this there is taboo isn't there even like people when they complain about pregnancy or anything I've had some friends recently who have and I've really appreciated people talking openly about how hard pregnancy is yeah and at the risk of them offending people who can't get pregnant or are struggling and that's awful but that doesn't mean other people's feelings aren't valid so yeah she quite often will comment back to people that have put really like harsh comments um and one of them was about basically people that are struggling to have babies and you commenting about how you don't like it and she made a really valid point that her sister has had eight miscarriages eptopic pregnancy has had IVF is now pregnant with her miracle baby and she said my greatest hope is that she feels that she can complain when it's a hard day that she can say and despite of all that she can still say today was a hard day Mm. Like your experience shouldn't take away from the fact that if you do struggle. Yeah, we'll leave handles and all the details of our recommendations in the show notes. I have just finished listening to The Palace Papers. It's a book by Tina Brown, who's a former writer for Tatler, Vanity Fair, The New Yorker, and she also wrote a book about Diana. This book is big, so if you want to listen, I would recommend doing that. It's about 600 pages. It took me, I think it was 20 hours of listening, Um, but it was worth it. I really enjoyed it. It was quite an objective look at the royals. Of course, lately you may have seen so much with the Queen recently passing away. You said that you had um, some different opinions at the end of it than you did going in. It sort of changed your viewpoint. I was always a big fan of Diana, and I still like R.I.P., beautiful person and everything I think and they touch on it in the book that she was martyred quite a lot Um, she did some amazing things she was a good person a good mother but it just sort of talked about some of the things she did that weren't so good and how like you don't realize that she actually had a really traumatic childhood her mother left she was quite reckless she would play games on the roads with the press and things like very dangerous Someone actually said not long before she passed away, tragically in that car accident, they actually said it's a miracle we didn't lose her tonight because she was playing games on the road. Well, I love Diana and it doesn't change my opinion. It makes you realise that she wasn't perfect either, which I think she was painted out to be. 
I think sometimes when people die and especially such like a loved person, it can be like anything, you know, like a relationship breakup, you really do romanticize it and you sort of can create them to be something that they're not like make them to be perfect Mm. and no one's perfect. And that is, I guess, the risk when she was so loved and famous. Yeah. Quite interesting to read a unbiased sort of yeah. opinion it was really interesting and it sort of took you through the ages and different generations and then obviously till now it's the history nerd of me that finds it quite interesting yeah and also I've been started reading it's a book by Taylor Jenkins Reid I love her books I think I've read four or five now she's just released a new one called Carrie Soto is back about this it's not a real story but this tennis player and I'm already 100 pages in after only like a day or so so yeah it's good and I just I love when you've read someone's books before and you just start reading a new one and you you sort of get into their writing it sounds really nerdy no, but I know you mean you know are what I mean you, it flows easy are you reading that or is it on audiobook no I'm reading that one as part of my um, healthy sleep schedule I'm getting into bed earlier ditching my phone and reading before I go to sleep. So That's very, yeah, but very the rest, wise. Audible, I think I like using audiobooks for more, I mean, the palace papers, you know, and it's a bit meaty. It's something you probably don't want to read before bed. Mm. Um, but yeah, biographies is um, a few different books I want to listen to at the moment. But yeah, that one there is a definitely a read before bed one. So yeah. Okay, so we do have a DM that came through asking for some advice. These are all anonymous, and if you have one you would like to send our way, you can send it via our Instagram at Self Love Club Podcast or mine as well. We'll leave those details in the show notes. Here's today's one Hi, Belle, I'm after advice. I've been looking for jobs lately, and I have bipolar. Employers always ask health questions and I usually say no, that I don't have any conditions that will affect my ability to do my work, as I've had my condition for 10 years and it is well managed. But now employers have specifically started asking about psychiatric conditions. In the past when I was open about it to potential employers, I felt I wasn't getting interviews. Now I am open but after getting the job. I am happy to talk about it, but feel there is a face-to-face conversation that they don't need to take into consideration when I am an applicant. I get it's good so they can be supportive, but what purpose does it serve to ask that so early? It's a personal and potentially triggering question. What would you do? Would you tell them when applying or leave it for later? I don't like being dishonest, but I don't think they should ask. Thank you. That doesn't sit well with me. Yeah, no, my initial reaction too. What's I'll I'll go to that soon. What's your initial reaction reading that as someone who is quite empathetic, you know? Um oh, I don't really think that they should be asking those questions. I can see like as an employer they might want to know those things. If you're writing a form out and they've got a lot of applicants, obviously then going to view a couple of them which are quite even on paper. If one person's got bipolar and the other person's got not got bipolar, I can see why you'd want to leave that off because you're going to think it's not going to be looked at as favourably, right? But it seems like you've got that really well under control and you said you've been managing it well for 10 years. I've been in a situation where I've had been in a face-to-face interview and it was like a middle-aged man who asked me if I planned on having children soon. Which is illegal, you can't ask that question. I didn't know that it was illegal and I think I was quite honest in it. I did get off of the job, but I didn't take it because I I felt really icky about it. But yeah, when people put you on the spot like that and ask such personal questions, if it was a guy, you wonder 
they wouldn't obviously be asked like having children doesn't really affect them mm. but with mental health it's such it's such a sensitive topic like you've got to tread really carefully I'm interested to know what type of jobs they want to know that about yeah I mean it, we don't know that information it could be in the medical field and I actually spoke to my boyfriend who works in HR to get a bit of advice my first thing would be seek some employment advice from an employment expert mm. um, they may help you and know the legalities of it when I spoke to him about it he said, yeah, it's unfair because I had the same reaction as you. I really don't like people being discriminated against, treated differently because she's responsible. Like she's taking yeah. care. She's under medi- like medication or treatment or, you know, seeing a doctor regularly. She is being responsible for herself. I mean, I'm sure she would have references to back that up. And that's where that comes in really handy. But he said they can actually ask. But again, I would speak to an employment expert to find out the do's and don'ts. I also would come up with, and I've had to do this before as well, not in regards necessarily to mental health, but come up with a way that you're going to respond to it when you're asked in person, like a one sentence that demonstrates it, that's firm, that, um, you know, isn't emotional and it displays that, you know, that why would you even worry about that kind of thing, you know, and but also at the same time, not defensive, which I know I have tended to be in the past. And uh, because a question I get asked a lot, which is completely different to this if I've been going for jobs or whatever, you know, you've been on air, you're a radio announcer, why would you want to get into like production and stuff? So you've got to come up with an answer as to why, like, and just sell it to them. Another thing my boyfriend said was if they are someone that isn't going to want to take you on because of this, they're probably not somewhere you want to work anyway. Mm-hmm. Not a very empathetic yeah. employer. But yeah. But that's a good idea to have like a one-liner or, you know, something in your memory that you can pull out in mm. different situations that you know you're going to say it doesn't take you, like you're prepared for it. Yeah, that's what I've learned to do in many scenarios because otherwise I know you're probably the same. You come home or you come away and you're like, damn it, why didn't I say that? And yeah. you kind of ruminate it. But if you can come up with sentences like that for a number of scenarios, you know, whether it's do you have any mental health conditions, you can say, yes, I have bipolar, it's well managed, you know, I've got references to back up my work. And it hasn't been an issue in my work. Mm. Da 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 da. Leave it at that. Same with, you know, if someone's constantly, which I got used to, is like, why don't you have a boyfriend or why don't you have children? It's very rude to ask that because someone could be struggling with their fertility. But just coming up with like one sentence lines that kind of like just end it, end the conversation and and go, yeah, cool. I also feel for her because. You can sort of feel like, say, for example, you're getting turned down because of this. You can feel like it's your fault and it's not. And that's such an awful thing about stigma or those feelings. Is And I'm sure you can relate. You know, a lot of these things that are, seem to be holding you back, mm. you kind of feel like you're to blame. That That's the reason you're not getting anywhere. And yeah, yeah, it's tough. Even if it's not the reason you don't get the job, like it will probably in your head be what's holding you back because it's probably something that you are you're so aware of it we wanted to talk about something which I think we can all relate with and struggle with is learning to have a positive mindset or be kind to yourself you know with body image and everything like that it's something that you know it's so hard to be kind to yourself and feel good about yourself despite all our struggles and Anna and I have recorded episodes in the past talking about our past disordered eating but how I guess we've come past that to a place now that you can still struggle and we're going to talk openly about it but ways that we have maybe shifted our mindset are there ways that you think you've shifted your mindset in regards to your 
body image? Yes, I think it is like a, it's an ongoing journey. I don't think it is just going to be something where you like wake up one day and you're just like, okay, I, I love my body now. I definitely have noticed that I am done with doing workouts that I really don't like or that punishing myself. I'm done with ones that are going to make me feel like really shit for the next couple of days. I've found something that I love and that's what I stick to and I enjoy it. Like I don't dread going to the gym. Do you know how you sort of got to that point? I know it's like can just happen and you don't really know, but all of a sudden did you notice like what made you stop doing things that didn't make you feel good? I'm trying to, I think it might have been in the lead up to turning 30. It might have been that I, I just wasn't where, you know how you set these like kind of probably unrealistic goals. Like when I turn this age or when I go on this holiday, I'm going to fit these clothes or look like that. And I just realized that I hadn't really like met those goals. And then I also had a hysterectomy last year and we had all those lockdowns and I just I struggled I found out I had ADHD at the beginning of this year it was just kind of a series of things that led me to think what's the point in punishing myself forever like I'm not happy I actually do you know what I don't even think it was like a conscious effort more like that it's just doing things for my mental health like Mm. a workout that makes me feel good for my mental health rather than punishing myself for hours in the gym to try and make my body look a certain way because the image in my head is unattainable and when I reach these goals the goalposts are always the goalposts are always moving like I never get there and I'm like cool I'm done it's never enough my standards are so high and like yes that's part of ADHD but I can never just be happy with where I am so it's definitely just been a shift in looking after my mental health rather than trying to achieve a certain type of physique yeah like a physical goal yeah. it's more about mental and, and self-care so that was a really roundabout way no. of saying that it's more of a shift in looking after my mental health no that makes so much sense yeah, yeah. isn't that so cool well done for getting there because I can I know how hard it can be diet culture still exists it's a you know massive industry but I think we grew up as well in the time of really toxic diet culture hate moss yeah, and like the magazines, and not even that, just magazines tearing women's bodies apart. Yeah, you know, they're too fat, too skinny, um, picking apart people's bodies. This is what the perfect body looks like, and they would itemize out, you know, different body oh, parts. Yeah. Do you remember that? Yeah, like I remember reading something like making the perfect woman, and they'd take of celebrities' yeah. like eyes and then boobs, and yeah. And I think we're undoing it now, which is great, but we've always lived in that. And then early days of Instagram, I don't know if you remember, it was all these fitness models and it was all clean eating and like really unhealthy. It's just a different way of looking at fitness. I think it's evolved a lot more. Do you remember that? You know, I remember filming so many fitness accounts. This is like 2012, maybe. I mean, for the longest time, I thought Instagram was just like a cool way to put a filter on your photos, and then I realised that they were up for people to see, so um, <laughs> must have been up that same era. That's so good. Did you use a little border as well? Yeah, probably, yeah. yeah. We were all watching that, but at the same time, I remember shifting as well, thinking those people work out all day long, they are paid to look like that, they have like hours to work out, whereas, you know, a lot of us and everyday people that, you know, have jobs or families or like study or commitments and we can't be working out for hours on end and you don't need to work out for hours on end to see results you I really honest, don't I honestly think that if anyone's job was to be 
a Victoria's Secret model or something like that, or the, you know the Kardashians, and you got paid what they paid and could have access to those things, anyone could achieve mm. the bodies that they have. Not to mention surgery and things like that yeah, as well. Yeah, that's another thing. Alterations. There's another account that I found maybe recently throughout the whole like you know Adam Levine cheating TikTok viral thing. This lady who basically she just posts proof and that like the Kardashians the tea. and things, <laughs> yeah, like the tea and like some of the things that Kim Kardashian's posted recently, you can actually see like, little scars from her facelifts and things like that. And you know how not open, but how public she is about saying she's had nothing done. The rise of people kind of like debunking the perfectionism of mm. the people that would be on the magazines that we would be striving to be like there's now quite a lot of people that are like proving that it's bullshit still to come we continue our discussion on body image and how do we shift our focus away from diet culture we'll be back after a quick break ready to pop the question the jewelers at bluenile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I don't know if it comes with age. I honestly think that your 30s I'm at the beginning of mine so I'll let you know but uh, <laughs> I'll for, let you know to be continued yeah are for like just unfucking yourself 100% yeah. and undoing the damage that you did in your teens and your 20s because I was awful to myself in my mm. teens and my 20s I would not treat my friend like that you yeah know, but you treat yourself like that Obviously, it's okay to want to take care of your physical body but when you can move to that mindset of self-care taking care of your mind and everything like that Everything can shift and finding accounts or ways of exercising. If you like to use, you know, follow someone's classes, I pay for this. It's not sponsored or anything. I use the Keep It Cleaner app, which is founded by two people we've had on the Self Love Club, Steph Claire Smith and also Laura Henshaw, who have both had backgrounds in the modeling industry, disordered eating. And they kind of got to a point where, and they were in modeling at that peak Instagram era. They got sick of people trying to change their bodies or tell them they needed to lose weight when they're already small, you know, they're fine. So they started this app and I love it. Honestly, it's so good. It's nothing's about, there's no talk about get, you know, that summer body, get bikini ready, which was such a thing for so Mm. long. The shred, you know, summer bodies are made in winter. I can't stand all that vitriol. It's awful. Shredding for R&B. Yeah. And so it just kind of puts a more holistic approach on it, which I think if you have struggled, which I think most people have, whether you've had an eating disorder or not, that's one thing I think is really good too. It's not like a crash thing, no dieting. It's sort of a consistent thing that you can make like a long-term thing. It's a lifestyle. Yeah. Rather than like, yeah, let's go to this like boot camp blitz and like this many weeks of or even some of the fitness where you're working out crazy amounts to your body, which is so bad for you. Things like they say that Pilates and strength training is really effective. And I've definitely, I mean, I've done Pilates for years and I know you love your reformer as well, but I never really used to do much strength training. And now, oh my God, I love it. Like it's, yeah. you don't need to, I think we kind of were like, oh yeah, let's do all this cardio jumping around, you know, all yeah. those intense classes. But 
strength's so effective and just, yeah, working out what's good for you without burning yourself out. Well, I mean, after having both boys, I went to F45 mainly because I it was good with time, you know, I could get in and out. Um, and I did enjoy it for quite a while, but it would just take me so long to recover from. It was really bad. I get really bad migraines. It was terrible for those. I went back way too soon finding the right exercise for your body like if you're someone that gets migraines probably jumping and doing you know like box jumps and all this jarring stuff (laughs) is not great for you and it took me probably a year to figure that out if if you're gluten intolerant which I am not going to go eat gluten it's Mm. the same sort of thing with exercise if some sort of exercise you've got a bad knee and it makes your knee terrible like don't go do that exercise with a lot of classes that can be something which can be hard for people because I I really love doing classes that's how I prefer to work out I think maybe from growing up doing dancing that's just my way I like someone telling me what to do challenging me yeah and like I mean I can do it on my own but it's I just enjoy it more and so a lot of classes it can be hard to find ones at certain times and you've got to get there so for me I've been using this keep it cleaner app religiously for over a year now and it's just there like and and at first I used to find I was more accountable if I went to a class because you had to get up you had to be there at a certain time but it's just making like little things that you can do for your future self the night before it's real simple I lay out my workout gear next to my bed so that I can get up put it on and do a workout it doesn't need to be a really long time you know they've got some shorter workouts on there which still burn they still get you Pilates strength hit they've got all sorts of boot camp they've got bar stuff for you know people who've had babies meditations food it's such and I love that there's no mention of weight some people still like to weigh themselves and for you and I we don't like that's just something we know is not good for us so the more I can stay away from that it's better for me and I don't get back into those bad head spaces yeah that's another thing I don't do anymore I'm not into to restrict myself from anything to the point even you know, a lot of people do dry July and things like that. I don't even do that. Like, I don't... You're I not don't, a big drinker anyway. I, no, I don't drink a lot and we don't drink at home. I don't really drink during the week. But I I just don't feel the need to say I'm not going to do this or I feel like you're setting yourself up to fail or by taking something away for even longer saying oh, I'm never going to do this or it's just a really slippery slope for me to then start restricting myself and yeah. saying I'm not going to have that, I'm not going to have that. And then if I do give in and slip and have something the self-loathing and thinking that I'm a failure like I just don't need to let that stuff in so I'm I'm just I'm done with restricting they say to enjoy I remember mum said that to me she's like enjoy eating that chocolate bar you know if it's something that's a trigger food for you and you're past getting too triggered by it and you can eat it or whatever just enjoy it and don't feel guilty about it that's another thing I don't like foods being labeled as good and bad yeah um that uh, maybe I'm just high I think maybe we're hyper aware because we have had a background of disordered eating but there's no good and bad foods like yeah we know what's healthy we know what we should be eating more of why do we demonize having a treat that's something um is a bit tricky with kids because obviously they would love to have treats all the time and like the wording of things right to be careful when I go to the gym or class or Freddie asks you know why are you going to the gym you say because I'm I'm getting really strong yeah. and healthy and he like I want to be strong too and he does his little terrible so like cute. exercises yeah and when we have dinner like why do we eat dinner he's because I'm going to be so big and strong and taking away the all the stuff that we learned 
about food and eating this is bad and being healthy and strong rather than being skinny and especially if you grew up with mums that were constantly dieting hated their bodies or do you remember when it was more of a generational thing that bread and pasta is bad and yeah. you know you should never eat carbs or people were too scared to eat they have oil on their food and everything like that. Yeah. But like, I love pasta and I know you're gluten-free, but there's gluten-free pasta. Like yeah. there's nothing wrong with that. Our body needs carbohydrates. Yeah. No, I went through a phase for years and years. I wouldn't let mum use olive oil spray. I wouldn't let her use that in any of her cooking. I wouldn't eat it. Even if I saw her like put a tiny bit, I wouldn't eat it. Even if I went to a restaurant and I got a side of vegetables, you know, they quite have to put olive oil or yeah. I'd get napkins and I would be dabbing my oh. vegetables. I mean, I, it was so bad for a long time. And now I use olive oil in my cooking almost every night. It's and good for you. I've come such a long way. And it's like little things like that that make me realize that I have come a long way. Like I would never put butter, I'd never use olive oil. I mean, even things that weren't bad, I would be dabbing off with a napkin for 10 years. Yeah, you have come a long way. You should be really proud of yourself that you were able to do that. Also with body sizes and everything, you know, Mm. even now, you're still seeing it. I don't think it's ever going to go away. Seeing bodies maybe that aren't like yours or seeing a certain body praised and other bodies not, it always surprises me. You know, you hear that the average body size is 12 to 14 and that's great but then why don't we see that why are those bodies not celebrated when that is the average body size do you still get like if you have to get a different size does that upset you at all because um that can be hard for people yes and no I don't think it does so much now it really used to upset me like just after having kids when that should probably be the time that you should be the kindest to yourself I've come to a point now where I know certain shops especially their sizing is whack I've also been this height since I was 11 and had size 11 feet since I was 11 and so it was more hard for like I feel sorry for younger me had a school photo day and you would be put in a line from like tallest to shortest and I'd always be at the tall the tallest end and you know girls girls are bitchy I went to I went to a private girls school for intermediate and then I ended up going to a private co-ed school from year 10 up. Girls can be so nasty and they would talk about weight and things like that. I'm like a foot taller than half of them and so I'm going to weigh more than them but I never understood why. Like I still wanted to be like them and I got so, I became so unwell trying to reach that weight and I remember like the first after the Christmas holidays I had lost a lot of weight because I was like a bit tubby and it was a teacher who told me how good I looked because I'd lost some weight. And that just like stuck with me because, you know, like when you're seeking that validation of how good it looks that you've lost weight. So I just kept going and going and going, feeling like more accepted because you've lost weight. But yeah, yeah, I think it is definitely harder for people that maybe are taller or everyone's got different, different shapes and sizes. And it is really hard, especially when you're younger and you are surrounded by like the norm or, you know, more of something that's not your type. It can be really hard to understand why. I just think scales should be taken away in general, really. Yeah, home scales aren't even that good. I mean, to effectively weigh your like body fat and everything, you'd need very expensive scales that you'd find at like a gym or a clinic or something like that. Mm. They just don't tell you a lot about yourself. And maybe it's something that you're able to do without getting upset. But for me, I just, I just know. I'm so far into my recovery now. It's been such a long time. But I know that I can't do that. And also, I don't want to do that because I don't want to be defined by a number. 
I don't want to get competitive with a number on there because it doesn't tell you anything. You might need to go to the toilet. It might be that part of, you know, your cycle or or whatever you've got going on. Maybe you've got intolerances and you get a bloated tummy or something. Like, I just don't see why, and maybe it's because we have struggled with it, but I just don't see why we need to define ourselves by a number and why a certain number is better than another. I've had a friend recently who has expressed that she wants to lose weight. And I think if you can get into that mindset of wanting to be healthy, strong, take care of yourself and be the best version of yourself, great. As soon as you start subscribing to diet culture and everything like that, that's when I think it's an issue because you're basically telling yourself you only love value yourself if you are a certain size, number and everything like that. And if you're anything beyond that, you're basically telling yourself it's not good enough. And sometimes the hard truth is you're not necessarily going to be that number you once were ever again. And you need we need to be okay with that. You know what I mean? Like mm. we're not going to be the size we were when we're teenagers necessarily. You may be 10 kilos, however many kilos heavier, but that doesn't make you, you've grown like you're a woman. You know, we've got curves yeah. and muscles and boobs like boobs are you know they weigh something and yeah I just think that you need to learn to and it's hard like we've got there learn to love yourself and it's not like you're going to be like oh my god I you know I love everything about me of course we're going to still have our hang-ups and struggles and everything like that but it's that being kind to yourself no matter what stage you're at because you know especially I can imagine what was it like for you having babies when you'd had a past like that were you fearful I mean I know you wanted to be a mom but how was that experience for you when your body was changing? I was batshit crazy. There was so many notes on my files with 3D. I didn't have to weigh myself. Like you're supposed to weigh yourself at every appointment. Like one of the doctors had sort of given me a rough number of the average amount that you will put on. But I started freaking out that I was getting close to that number and it just went like a downward spiral. And I had prenatal depression. I had really bad anxiety and I was just really struggling with the pregnancy. There were some complications I just wasn't loving it and I was feeling really bad for not loving it because it was so wanted but the body thing I got referred to maternal mental health uh, six times I think during that pregnancy and there was just a note on my file that I do not have to weigh myself except for the day of his c-section mm. was the first time I weighed myself and I didn't look I think the hardest part is actually afterwards because things don't just go back to where they were that's the hardest but yeah mm. definitely how did you learn to accept and just work with what you had and not get so upset about how your body may have changed after. I don't I don't know if I did. I don't know if I did first time around. When I was cleared to start working out again and doing light exercise, I did go back, I did Pilates, some light things, but I also went back into some really bad habits and went back to what I knew because it was it was what I knew. Mm. Um, and then when you people see you and like you've lost baby weight, like most of it, there's that like validation again oh you, you know you look so good and it, and like I never did lose all the weight I don't know I think my second time around I just I was just like there's so many more important things than what I look like mm. and again I think it was more about my mental health oh and then I had a endo up and then I had a hysterectomy yeah. so I don't know I, I think honestly I just think I haven't fully accepted it but enough time has passed now that I can think more clearly when you're in the throes of it and you're hormonal, you're really emotionally thinking. I, I think I was four days post-C-section, and Tom found me trying to fit my pre-baby jeans on, and he's Aww. like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, you're going to tear stitches? And I did tear stitches, but not from that. That was a few days later. 
like you're a cock case. You're not thinking, you're not yourself. Like you're sleep deprived. You need to eat. You need to drink a lot of water. You should not be restricting yourself. I did everything wrong, but now I'll tell you what to do. Yeah. Learn from my mistakes. Yeah. No, women go through so much. Women's bodies are incredible. And I don't think there's enough focus on the after having a baby no. with your body because it's, I mean, I've, guess as I get closer to doing that myself, I've been a bit interested in it and hearing people's stories and, and as a whole with your body. If you can take away, that's what's worked for me anyway, is just look at it holistically. How can I take care of myself? For me, working out is a non-negotiable for my mental health. And obviously for my, I want to be, I want to be a fit old woman that, you know, can walk around, can be mobile, enjoy my life with my children and, and everything. Every morning, I have days off as well, definitely on the weekends per se, maybe go for a walk or something. But Monday to Friday, get up. That's one of the first things I do because it sets up my day really well. And it's just that non-negotiable for my mental health. You know, the other day we had a public holiday and I hadn't done any that morning. So in the afternoon I did it. And honestly, within like five minutes, I just felt so good. Endorphins are so good and they just make you feel really good about yourself and what make you want to keep going. And what do they say? You never regret. What are those annoying sayings? You never regret doing a workout, but you really don't. Yeah, it's true. It's nothing I do. Take the label, if it upsets you, take your labels off. I'll go by how they feel rather than like picking a size because I used to, I used to pick a size because I wanted to have that type of that size, not because they like fitted me the best. Mm. If your clothes don't fit you, buy new clothes. Get rid of your clothes that don't fit you anymore. Clear out your wardrobe. I think people sometimes hang on to stuff and, and then hate themselves when they can't fit into jeans they had when they were 16 or something like that, you know, like your hips grow. And also... Some people might buy something. I've heard of people doing this where you buy something in a size you want to be. Yeah. Why don't you just buy it in something that fits you so you can enjoy it as you are? Um, I've heard of people doing that for their wedding, buying their wedding dress smaller. And I think, isn't that just like even more stressful? What if you get to your wedding day and your dress doesn't fit you? I get people having goals. I'm all for goals, wanting to look and feel your best. But people have this huge emphasis around their wedding day where they look like a totally different person. Like. Why do you want to look like a totally different person? The person you're marrying is going to be like, who the fuck am I marrying? You know? Yeah. Well, then you look back at photos like literally yeah. a year on and you no, don't like, look like you. What happened to you? Like, you've ne- I've never been that small. I've never had my hair that way. I've never been that tan. I've never like worn my makeup like that. Why? You're probably doing a disservice to yourself. Yeah. It's like, you don't look like that. Like, why? Anyway, get married in a tracksuit. <laughs> be a hell of a lot cheaper yeah man we've been talking about that sort of thing and like one I want to get married I want a wedding but it definitely won't be a big thing yeah just have a little party have a little thing like I just don't want to spend all that crazy amount of money like I'd rather have that in a house or there'll still be our clothes people there and it will still be a bit of a party yeah so in summary do what works for you maybe unfollow toxic accounts or people that are clearly editing stuff to make themselves better, feel better, but also make you feel worse in the process. Follow Renee, Rena. Yeah. Just be kind to yourself and accept yourself. And I think when you can put that focus on caring for yourself, for me, that's when things change because for a long time I had punished myself as well with food, with exercise, just thrashed myself and punished myself. But once you can flip it to treating 
yourself like you would this is something which I've found really helpful over the years and I've shared it with friends is treating yourself like you would a small child what would you do to take care of somebody else in that situation doesn't have to be a child could be a friend or a family member or something like that and start treating yourself in those ways and making sure that you're fueling yourself because you need to nourish your body and you know to be able to function and be strong and focusing on your sleep and feeling strong and good in yourself and self-care has been what's helped me and why I even started this whole thing in the first place because the more the better you take care of yourself the better you feel your life gets better you're able to do better things like everything starts from there yeah and just making it realistic for yourself and might not love the way your body is or you want to be back to a certain size it's that tough love on yourself that you may not ever be that size ever again so you just need to learn to love what you have and Actually, do you know yeah. what? I think you don't have to love yourself. But if you're someone that's really struggling to like yourself, just if you could just start with, you know, treating yourself, just any little step, because I know some days it's really hard to like yourself, let alone love yourself. So just like little tiny steps. Imagine if you're a really annoying four year old that woke you up at five thirty this morning singing two to the minor iwi. <laughs> I love that for you, but also not love that for you. Oh, hey, well, um, thank you so much for your insights onto this. It's uh, something which I think people struggle with all the time, and it's not like we're ever going to be perfect at it, but hopefully it helps if you're in that place, and you're doing great, Anna. You really are. Thanks. <laughs> Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Bye! Bye. That's all we've got time for. Thanks so much for listening to the Self Love Club. Please support us and hit follow on your podcast app to subscribe and turn on automatic downloads. If you're enjoying listening, please leave us a five-star rating and write us a kind review. This helps new people find us, something which is so helpful. And you can find us and follow at Self Love Club Podcast on Instagram. I'm at Belle Crawford and Belle underscore Crawford on TikTok. You'll find the links in the show notes. We'll catch you next week. Bye.